to the Brain Ladle Trivia Podcast. I am your host, Davo, and we are doing something special today. For this re- recording session, we are doing remote recording. We are not in the same room. We're not in the Brain Ladle Operations Center. We are each in our own domiciles, in the comfort of our own homes, maybe in our underwear. I don't know. I can't see anybody. I'm not in my underwear, and I'm trusting that you guys aren't. Kels, are you in your underwear? Uh, no, but I'm not entirely sure that you aren't. Mm, that's a good. That's a pretty safe bet. Neil, are you in your underwear? I am wearing underwear, but that's not all I'm wearing. That's ooh, that ooh. the imagination runs wild. <laughs> oh my gosh! So another special announcement: uh, we here at the. Uh, Brain Ladle Trivia Podcast have decided to start a Patreon. Uh, it would really help the show. It would help us to produce more and better content. And for all you listening out there, um, by the time you hear this, we will have a Patreon page all set up. And so go check us out and see if you have a couple bucks laying around to help us help you with your trivia knowledge. So this week, I think... Neil has an announcement. Neil, what do you got? Well, I got an uh, email from one of our faithful listeners who pointed out a, a slight inaccuracy in one of our previous episodes that uh, I thought I should address. It's, it's pretty serious. I mean, it wasn't a question on the show or anything, so it didn't affect anybody's scores. It was really just kind of a off-the-cuff comment that uh, our former guest Andy made uh, former well after this gaff I'm not sure he's going to be allowed on the show again are we putting him on the super secret probation I, I'm it's public probation oh my gosh I'm telling it's... dozens of people on the internet right now <laughs> tens of people will know tens what he did are, they're gonna flip I'm I'm what happened Neil well, he made a comment, and I have to admit that I agreed with his comment mm. that the rock and roll band Chicago has only put out albums with numbers in them, like Chicago 3, Chicago 4, etc. That is not true. <gasps> their, very, uh. their very first album was called Chicago Transit Authority. And that's when their band was actually called Chicago Transit Authority in 1969. They shortened their name, and then their next their next album was just Chicago. Then they skipped Chicago 2 and went straight to Chicago 3. And then they skipped 4 and went straight to 5. And it, it's just a mess. It's, it's, it's a hot mess. Two questions. Yeah. One... What kind of probation are you on for agreeing with false information? <laughs> That's Aiden in the bedding, Neil. I'm, this is a Rico case if I ever heard one. <laughs> well, I'm I'm one of the bosses, so I don't have to put myself on probation. Wow. Wow. He pulled that card. He did real fast. Yeah, he did. And uh, number two, when did Chicago release Chicago 2 Electric Boogaloo? <laughs> I was thinking Secret of the Ooze. You were thinking <laughs> Chicago 3, Secret of the Ooze. <laughs> well, like I said earlier, they didn't do a Chicago 2. Oh, see? 
If they had released Electric Boogaloo, they would have they would have made their catalog that. Just imagine that <laughs> Chicago and breakdancing. Cast your mind there, Peter Cetera, pop it and lock it. I feel like we might have been talking about Chicago too much already. They've been, we've talked about Chicago more than they've been talked about this century. So we probably need to move on. Yeah, fair enough. So I know I don't have questions because I am aghast after the Chicago gaffe that happened. I'm 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 left without questions. Does anybody else have questions we can do for the fine listeners? I happen to have some. What do you got, man? This was a set of questions that was recommended by one of our faithful listeners, Finn. Mm. And the topic today is weather. Weather? Could, could we use, can, could I get that in a sentence? The weather outside is frightful. I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I knew exactly where you were going to go. Fair enough. So it's all about the environmental uh, conditions that we experience every day in one form or another. Well, I'm interested in this category. Let's, let's hit it. Okay. Thanks, Finn. Oh yeah. Thanks, Finn. Category one in weather is what do you get? What do you think it's going to be? Um, basic weather. No (laughs) science. Oh no, (laughs) man. Specifically scales. Scales. scales used in weather there's a lot of different scales you use in weather weather you measure all kinds of different things and you have to have the right the right uh, terminology and the right uh, right scales to to measure things we here at brain ladle love measurement we like <laughs> categorizing things so i'm excited about this category question one the beaufort scale which has 13 categories is used to describe what weather phenomenon can you spell beaufort B-E-A-U-F-O-R-T. See, if you were in North Carolina, it'd be the Beaufort scale. <laughs> if you were why in South would you Carolina, know that? <laughs> I lived in North Carolina. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Because in South Carolina, it's Beaufort. Oh. Fun little trivia nugget. That is me stalling because I'm lost. <laughs> Dave, oh, how you doing over there? I'm doing all right. I'm going to think a little bit out the box. I'm going to go outside the box on the first one. And I don't know if this precisely is a weather phenomenon, but I always see it on the news during the weather report. Report is the word I wanted to say. I was going to say, what, what word was that? Is that how they pronounce it in South that, Carolina? That, that, that weather report. <laughs> <laughs> um, Here's Rodney, Rodney Buford with the weather report. <laughs> I'm locked in <laughs> with something. It's hot out here. Oh, it's so oh. hot. It's sticky. <laughs> <laughs> I'm locked in <laughs> with some. Okay, Devo. Uh, I went with pollen count. Interesting. Kels? I just said something crazy like blizzards. It measures wind speed. Really? Yep. Uh-huh. He describes it as... as Things like gales or, oh, or things um, like that. That's a good one. I like that. So here's a little interesting trivia nugget for you. Uh-huh. He developed the scale for his own private use in 1805. So he was the only one that used it. But then he commissioned a science expedition 
under Captain Robert Fitzroy and uh, suggested that Fitzroy take his measurements using this Beaufort scale. Um, the ship that Robert Fitzroy was captaining was the HMS Beagle with a young man named uh, Charles Darwin on board. Oh my gosh. That's wow. awesome. Very. So that's another, that, that Beagle expedition had uh, quite a bit of good science being done. That, that is more than a trivia nugget. That is a, a bountiful trivia chunk. So yes. The bounty was a different ship. <laughs> oh, 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 my side. And, and good paper towel while we're at it. <laughs> we're not sponsored by bounty. Let's keep them. <laughs> okay. Well, I didn't put them together. I just right. said paper towel. Well, since you like that question so much, you're going to love the next one. Oh. The enhanced Fujita scale started being used in the United States in 2007 and in Canada in 2013. It replaced the, the old Fujita scale, which was developed in the 1970s. What does the enhanced Fujita scale measure? Ooh, I am locked in. I'm locked in as well. Kelvin? I went with tornadoes. There you go. Oh, the heat index. It measures tornadoes. Hey, good job, Kels. Thanks. It's I think that's where the F comes from. Oh, F1, F2, got it. It's a, an interesting way to measure things because they can't really measure a tornado as it's happening very well. So the scale is actually based on the damage caused by the tornado. Hmm. So you can measure... So you measure the, the wreckage and the swath of destruction, and that's how they determine it, what it is, even though they're forecasting possible F2, F3? Well, they, they, I think they know, based on the severity of the storm, what the range that they can expect is. But when they want to say a certain category tornado hit a certain area, they look at the damage caused by it. Oh, okay. I like it. Question three in scales. At what temperature are the Fahrenheit and Celsius scales the same? Oh, man. <laughs> I used to know this. Hmm, so did I. I'm locked in with what I thought I remembered. I'm wrong, but I am locked in. Devo? Zero. Kels? Oh, with negative 15 degrees. Okay. Uh, the correct answer is negative 40 uh, zero degrees celsius is 30, freezing is 32 degrees so, yeah you know neil i don't need you to nitpick my bad answers okay <laughs> no i was just not not nitpicking exactly i'm just well, explaining I'm very why you're wrong that i got that wrong are you i, I should have not i should have known that well you could have calculated it too you know the conversion right stop it <laughs> according to bob and doug mckenzie you just double it and add 30 a. <laughs> you hoser. <laughs> Double <and> that dirty. <laughs> uh, question four uh, in scales. Can I interrupt you real quick with a Bob, with a McKenzie Brothers trivia nugget? Yeah. So apparently on SCTV that the show was on, and I learned this on the interweb, so you know it's true. <laughs> that since they were on the CBC, they had to have a certain amount of all Canadian content. So yeah. they made that little bit at the end of their show to get the amount of content they needed that was Canadian. 
because there were Americans on the cast. It was literally just those two guys, Dave Thomas and Rick Moranis, riffing as hillbilly Canadians for a couple of minutes <laughs> to fill out time. Really? Yeah. And that accent is essentially the kind of redneck Canadian accent. I did not know that. Yeah. I appreciate that trivia nugget. Yeah, it had nothing to do with scales because I am not happy with them. <laughs> so here's a nugget on top of your nugget. Oh, I'm going to call you nugget. And raise me another nugget. The criteria they use for determining how much Canadian stuff has to be on, this is on the radio. I'm, I'm sure there's something similar for TV. But um, they look at four elements that have to, to qualify a song as being Canadian. Mm -hmm. um, the music, artist, performance, and lyrics, yeah. which are M-A-P-L. So it's mm -hmm. the, maple, mm -hmm. the maple system. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is perfect. Yeah, that made my day. Well, I guess we're done here then. <laughs> but we got one more question in in scales. I've got to re oh, yeah. redeem myself. You'll get this one. Yay! <laughs> Save the easiest for the last. Yay! Question well, four: Barometric pressure is often measured in inches. Inches of what? Okay, I'm locked in. I might be misunderstanding what's asked of me, but I'm locked in. <laughs> <laughs> I love your caveats sometimes, Kels. Well, I need them. <laughs> Devo? So my mom has a little a little barometric pressure measuring thing at her house that just and it's a bunch of little balls filled with liquid in a big tube full of liquid that raise and lower as the barometric pressure changes. So I went with inches of water. Interesting. Kels? Well, I kinda figured that part, but I was thinking I don't know why, like pounds per square inch, and I totally, yeah, I I, I just totally missed this one. I I just put um <laughs> pounds, inches okay. of pounds. Yeah, it didn't make sense when I wrote it either. Wow. Well, at least you recognize that. Yeah, I know. No, uh, Devo, I know exactly the device you're talking about, but. The original barometers were these tubes that were filled with mercury. And at normal pressures, the or at, at an average pressure, there'd be maybe 30, I forget the exact numbers, 37 inches of mercury in this tube. And then as the pressure raised or lowered, the, the, the level would, would go up or down. So you were wrong, too. At least I had an actual something. <laughs> oh, well... It's still an X next to that one, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> After one round of scales, we can measure Davos score as the baseline of zero. That is correct, correct, and, and Kelvin's got ten. Kels has one more little notch up on the little scale of scales. Now the scale well, is gonna, little. <laughs> let's let's move on out of science. Thank you. <laughs> we'll go to something you may feel a little more comfortable with, Dave. Comic we'll books? Movies? History. 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 Hey, I have yeah. a degree in that somewhere. Oh, uh, this bodes well for me. I'm coming back. I just was <laughs> writing it down on my tablet and I misspelled history, so I'm doing well. <laughs> <laughs> There's no E in history. Question one. On August 6, 1945, a weather reconnaissance plane reported... Quote, cloud cover less than three-tenths. 
which cleared the way for what event? I'm locked in. So basically, because there was less than 30% cloud coverage, there some event happened. Okay, I'm locked in. Okay, David? Uh, the flight of the Enola Gay. Okay. Charles? I went with the bombing of Hiroshima. Correct answer is the bombing of Hiroshima. So we're both right. You are. Well, yes. Yeah. That's not the only time the that's yeah. not the only time the Enola Gay flew. Oh, you. But you. I think I know what you were getting at, so oh. I'll give you credit for it. I won't get so cute next time. <laughs> <laughs> Question 2. Kublai Khan attempted to invade Japan in the 13th century at least twice, but he was thwarted both times by monsoons. How were these monsoons described by the Japanese? What word did they use? I'm locked in. I'm locked in. Not comfortable, but locked in. Devo? Well, it's tsunami. Okay. Kels? Also went with tsunami. Tsunami is a big water event, like a tidal wave. The correct answer is kamikaze. Oh, I even wrote down divine wind. Oh my god. <laughs> mm. I, I did not know that. So Kamikaze is translated as divine wind. Mm. I did not know that. That's cool. Dave, oh. well, did you get that right? No, you wrote the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got cute again. I'm just loving being cute. <laughs> no more cute. It's all business now. I'm pretty sure that's what you said last time. Well, I mean it this time. <laughs> okay. Well, let's see you get cute with the Revolutionary War. Oh, boy. The first major battle of the Revolutionary War was won by the British. It might have been the last battle, if not for a heavy fog, that helped to conceal the escape of the American troops across the East River. What was the name of the battle? There's three possible answers I'll accept. And just since you can't see what I wrote, the East River is, that's the name of the river. Mm -hmm. Hmm. I'm locked in with something. You said this was the first battle? It was the first major battle of the Revolutionary War. Not the first first battle, first but the first battle. big one. Okay. Um, I'm locked in. Deva? New York. Kells? I'm with Trenton. The answers I would accept are the Battle of Long Island, or the Battle of Brooklyn, or the Battle of Brooklyn Heights. Hmm. I've never heard of those. I've heard of all of those. I am an idiot. <laughs> well, those, those are all basically the same battle. Yes. Was there a, was there a battle of Trenton in the Revolutionary War? Mm-hmm. Okay. Probably. I was just making sure I didn't make that up. So in case you weren't clear, the East River is the river that goes down the east side of Manhattan. So they were on the east side of Manhattan, which is Long Island or Brooklyn, mm -hmm. depending on the where exactly you are okay well i guess we'll just keep going huh we'll just keep <laughs> plowing through this and i mean we gotta keep I mean, going i gotta redeem myself somewhere yeah i mean I, the next category is going to be sports Whee! so just yeah. something to look forward to as we get through this last question in history <laughs> question four in history mm -hmm. on easter monday 1360 a massive hailstorm near chartres killed chartres chartres yeah. Killed about 1,000 English troops, which was about 10% of the army, and possibly 6,000 horses. 
The king believed the storm to be a sign from God and decided to negotiate with the French, essentially ending the first phase of what conflict? And for a bonus, name the king who was leading the army. What was the year again? 1360. Okay, I've, uh, I've locked in. Uh, I've locked in as well. David? I went with the War of the Roses and Henry V. Okay. Kells? I forgot about the king part, but I wasn't going to get it right. Uh, I went with um, the Hundred Years' War, and I felt like I was way too uh, early with that one. Well, it ended about 30 years into the Hundred Years' War. So the the Hundred Years' War was was in several phases, Mm -hmm. and this ended first phase of the Hundred Years' War. And the king was King Edward III. Oh, King Thomas, brother. (laughs) Son of a blah. I'm doing great, guys. This is wonderful. Well, I mean, you're on the board now. Yeah, put the we got sp- history to go. We got sports these. coming up. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> so at the end of round two, the scale of scoring is still Davo at the bottom with 10, Kells with 30. Okay. I'm expecting perfect rounds in sports from the two of you guys. You've got it. I'm, I'm <laughs> in it to win it. It's a sports joke. Okay, sports. And I know you guys are both huge Olympics fans. Love it. Especially the Winter Olympics. <laughs> I hate it. Oh, gosh. Okay. Question one. The Sochi Olympics used almost entirely artificial snow for its skiing and snowboarding events. What North American Winter Games was the first Olympics to use artificial snow? I'm locked in. I'm fishing. I'm fishing. But where are you fishing? Probably in the wrong place, but... Mm. Are you fishing in a certain <laughs> lake? Uh, uh. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm locked in. Devo, you seem pretty confident on this I'm one. I'm not. I'm just being a jerk. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, my first instinct, I had a couple. I, I had thought about the ones in California. Weren't they in Squaw Valley? Squaw Valley. I thought about that, and then I was like, nah, that might be a little too early. So then I thought, obviously, it's going to be Lake Placid. But, you know, we're going to think a little bit farther outside the box. And I went with Vancouver. Okay. Mm-hmm. Kells? I went with Salt Lake City. All right. The correct answer is 1980 Lake Placid. Mm, I was, should have been fishing oh. in that lake. <laughs> 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 I thought it was pretty funny when you were when you were yeah, doing that. Yeah, he said lake. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes he got it, and then there's me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so maybe Olympics isn't your thing. Let's go to soup, uh, football. I like oh. I like football. The coldest Super Bowl <laughs> on record was Super Bowl six in 1972. The temperature was 39 degrees at kickoff. In what city was it held? And for bonus points, uh, tell me what the final score was and or who was playing in it. Oh, man. The score, that's kind of a joke. I don't think you could get the score. But if you could tell me, I'll give you a point for either either or both of the teams. Can I give you the spread on the game? Uh, I'm looking see. for where Super Bowl six was held. The coldest Super Bowl ever. I'm locked in. 
Well, of course you are a show off. Oh, I've oh, been such a show off so far. <laughs> I had to throw something out there. It was, it was feeling pretty bad. I feel like you guys aren't going to let me do questions anymore. Well, it, your suspension is, um, we've been floating it around telepathically. <laughs> well, quite frankly, after the taco episode, someone needs to do questions that are a bit difficult. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good point. Uh, Question one, what is football? (laughs) We need a little bit more. Okay, I'm locked in. Kels? I went with uh, Philadelphia for the the place. And I just threw out the Dolphins and the Patriots. What? (laughs) What? Devo? I I went with uh, New Orleans at Tulane Stadium. I think it was outdoors. And I believe the teams were Baltimore and Dallas. All right. Kells gets one bonus point for the Dolphins. Davo gets 11 points for getting New Orleans and the Cowboys. Question three in sports. On New Year's Eve in 1988 in Soldier Field, the Bears beat the Eagles despite visibility of 10 10 to 15 yards. Many players were complaining because they couldn't see the first down markers on the sidelines due to what type of weather event? Locked in. Um, locked in. Gels? Uh, I went with a blizzard. Deva? Fog. It was fog. Uh, I remember watching this game. It was the, the uh, it was, I thought it was a playoff game. It might have been. It was on New Year's Eve, so it was pretty late. Yeah. And what year was this? 88. You were four. Oh, okay. Shush. Baby. Nah, I was three. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. You're right, Dave. Yeah. If you're going to get it, you're going to throw a number out there and make it right. Yeah. God, you're such a baby. <laughs> you know, he, he may be a baby because of his age, but you whine a lot more than you <laughs> I never mentioned maturity at all. <laughs> Mr. Farty Fair Pants. <laughs> Well, somebody needs a Question nappy. <laughs> <laughs> Question four. What type of weather event interrupted an SEC tournament game at the Georgia Dome in 2008? Did you say the Georgia Dome? The Georgia Dome, a weather event interrupted an SEC tournament game. Basketball tournament yes. at the Georgia Dome. Okay, I've got I'm of two minds, so I'm going to go with the second one. Uh, I'm locked in. I'm also locked in. Ava? So my first instinct was flood. Because the Georgia Dome is a dome, and you play basketball inside. So not a lot of weather can happen. So I thought, hey, maybe it flooded, like a leak in the roof or something. But then I thought, hey, what about a thunderstorm causing a power outage? So I said thunderstorm. Okay. Interesting logic. Kels? I went with, because um, I seem to remember this, because they had to move the games to, um, I can't remember where they had to move them to, but I felt like there was a hole in the in the roof, like the court was getting wet. So I went with flooding from a hurricane. Okay. It's pretty good logic. Devo, there's one other thing that could cause that, and that would be a tornado hitting the Georgia Dome and ripping part of the roof off. That is a thing, isn't it? 
Yeah. I can tell you how they measure tornadoes now. <laughs> what scale is that? The enhanced Fujita scale. <laughs> but which were which were placed the old and busted Fujita scale. <laughs> I call it Fujita scale classic. <laughs> so a tornado? It was yeah. Holy moly, that's terrifying. What do we have at the end of round? Two. Three. Round two? Three. 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 At the oh, end of round three, three half time, if you will, uh, there are uh, 31 flavors of correctness, and both Devo and Kells are there. Category four is literature. Whoa. Do any of the books have superheroes in them? No, not exactly. Um, then I'm in. Let's do this. <laughs> oh, the struggle bus is real. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to read the the introduction and first line of a play, and you need to tell me what play it is. Could Roger it be kid and play? Only if you get a high top fade. <laughs> I refuse. But go ahead, Neil. I'm sorry. Are, are, are you guys done? Yeah, I'm sorry. We're focused up now. I apologize. Okay. I'm ready. We're in it. The first few lines are just the kind of the setting and the 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 screen or the, like um, the stage stage direction. yeah act one scene one a desert place thunder and lightning enter three witches the first witch says when shall we three meet again in thunder lightning or in rain i'm, I'm locked in, in. Oh. wow <laughs> jinx, jinx. <laughs> you owe me a soda <laughs> david Macbeth. Kells? I also went with Macbeth. See, you guys were worried about that. <laughs> that I still am. I mean... <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling good now. Question two in literature. The Grapes of Wrath tells the story of a farming family from Oklahoma who mo moves to California to escape a drought. What is the name of the family? Mm. Their last name. <sighs> okay, I'm going to be... You're going to love my logic on this. Okay, I'm going to say this. I'm going to write this down. And hopefully, I'm just going to... I'm locked in. <laughs> I, I, don't think, I don't think that was a sentence, what I just said. But um, I don't know at all. So you know what I like to do in moments like this. What's that? I go for smiles, Neil. I go for smiles. I am locked in. I went with the Obama family. Ah. They got to start somewhere. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> The reason I think I know this is because of our Rage Against the Machine song. And you may, you may be on the right track. I and I don't I I don't want to say what I wrote cuz it's kind of funny and I don't mean it to be. I just don't remember how it's pronounced. So, I wrote down Chode. But I think it's Jode, <laughs> right? What's your answer? Well, I wrote down C H O A D E. Okay. But I think it's J-O-A-D-E. Well, if you think it's one thing, I wrote down something else. Why did you? I Because I re legitimately want to know because I've been hearing the ghost of Tom Chode forever. <laughs> and I feel like I'm wrong. <laughs> well, Rage Against the Machine did have a song called The Ghost of Tom Jode. J-O-A-D. Right. Okay. And that's the family, right? 
That's the name of the family, yeah. Dang it. I'm so, um, I, I was on the right track. Cool. You know, I, I'll give you half credit for that if you want, if you will accept my charity. I love charity. Oh, well, you're lucky Jay-Z never did a song about the Grapes of Wrath. And I would have <laughs> known it too. <laughs> Instead, I was only taught about hustling. All right. There's actually quite there's quite a few songs about that about that book. Woody Guthrie had uh, a two part song called Tom Jode. Oh man, uh, I got that album too. Do you? You went with no. Jay Z, <laughs> but you had the Woody Guthrie album. Of course I don't. I don't even know who Woody Guthrie is. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Chris right. Christopherson. Chris Christopherson wrote a song. Uh, based on a scene, um, Bruce Springsteen's eleventh album is called "The Ghost of Tom Jode." Yeah, there's a lot of stuff out there. Uh, I don't think the lead singer for "Rage Against the Machine" enunciates very well, <laughs> so that's I blame him for my. That's what five they're known. Points. That's what they're known for <laughs> is their enunciation. Yeah, it? when you think "Rage Against the Machine," you think flawless diction. <laughs> <laughs> Question three in literature. In 1830, a gentleman known as Edward Bulwer-Lytton wrote one of the most famous opening lines in all of literature. There's even an annual competition memorializing him. What was the opening line to his novel, Paul Clifford? Paul Clifford's the name of his novel. I'm locked in. All right, I'm locked in with something. Okay, Dave. It was a dark and stormy night. Else, on with sunny days, chasing the clouds, clouds away. away. The correct answer is it was a dark and stormy night. There's an annual competition for the worst opening line to a novel. People just send in opening lines to novels without actually having the whole novels written. <laughs> but here's a trivia nugget about Mr. Bulwer Lytton. Okay, he's actually he was actually pretty well respected. Um, one phrase that he penned is the pen is mightier than the sword. Oh, the same guy wrote that and it was a dark and stormy night. That's a nice twofer though. That's pretty cool. Here's here's the full line. That's, that's only the first, uh, the first phrase of his opening sentence. Uh The full sentence is it was a dark and stormy night, semicolon. The rain fell in torrents, except at occasional intervals when it was checked by a violent gust of wind which swept up the streets, parentheses, for it is in London that our scene lies, in parentheses, rattling along the housetops and fiercely agitating the scanty flame of the lamps that struggled against the darkness. How will I ever know what's happening without a vivid description? He probably should have just stopped at a dark and stormy night. (laughs) (laughs) Question four. This 1978 children's book about very unusual weather was made into a 2009 animated movie starring Bill Hader and Anna Faris. Locked in. Yeah, once again, I have no clue. You'll hate yourself when you hear it. We sure about that? Yes. All right, I'm locked in. Kells? Uh, Just pull one out of the hat and I said, Cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Dave? Cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Correct answer is cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Yay. That's uh, round four it is. in the books. What's the score? Uh, 
Devo has surged ahead with 66, where Kells is at 51. Because apparently yeah. I like books. Yeah. And um, Rage Against the Machine. And Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> Killing in the name of... <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> How do you feel about movies? I love them. Uh, well, I can go either way with them. Oh, oh you're just okay. salty. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now who's whining? Yeah. I don't, I don't want. <laughs> oh, that's real mature. <laughs> <laughs> Movies, question one. I think this movie is about the Brat Pack investigating a weather phenomenon in which luminous plasma is created by a coronal discharge from a sharper pointed object in a strong electric field in the atmosphere, but I'm not sure. What's the name of the movie? What? I'm locked in. <laughs> I don't know how to put it any more clearly, Kells. I mean, come on, Kells. I'm sorry, people who were uh, of age in the 80s, but... Uh... <laughs> Bite your tongue, man. <laughs> well, I just I just described the weather phenomenon. Sometimes I do feel bad that I've got so many 80s and early 90s related things that Kells is completely clueless about. That's the part of it, man. Trivia, you dig up weird stuff that you learn. He can hit us with early 2000s stuff that makes us feel like we're decrepit and need bifocals and canes and stuff. I actually do have bifocals. <laughs> I, I, you know, fun fact, I am getting bifocals. <laughs> Do you know who the Brat Pack is, Kells? Uh, is um Anthony Michael Hall in it? Well, I'm, I'm not going to answer. I'm just, I don't know. I'm just curious if you've heard the term. and you know, I, I've heard it, it yeah. Um, okay. But I'm drawing a blank, though, honestly. Are you going to punt? No. I'll go with something. I'll leave punting for you, Ray Guy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Neil, a little sports joke. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Ray Guy, famous punter. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I totally misunderstood that. I thought you were saying for your Ray Guy. <laughs> <laughs> Punctuation is key, Neil. Yeah. Punctuation is Parent- key. Parentheses. Uh... uh I'm just writing something. I'm locked in. Okay, Kels, what did you write down? Uh, other than hatred for myself, I wrote down Tropic Thunder. Okay. Devo? St. Elmo's Fire. You ever heard of that movie, Kels? Heard of it, yeah. yeah let's be honest, it's, let's be honest Neil. It's not the best movie. <laughs> well, no. But it's That's got an I... amazing sweaty Rob Lowe playing a saxophone scene. That's <laughs> that's key to the film. Key, uh, key. That's because it makes you think, my God, how is he sweating so much in a club <laughs> playing saxophone? <laughs> but yeah, Kels, I, w- I would say that Anthony Michael Hall was probably at least a peripheral member of the Brat Pack, although he wasn't in uh, Saint Emil's Fire. That was mostly Emilio Estevez, Rob Lowe, Judd Nelson. Mm. Um, and uh, Andrew McCartney, Andrew McCarthy, McCarthy, McCarthy. Um, uh, Weekend at Bernie's. Yeah. Weekend at Bernie's. Oh, okay. Weekend at Bernie's. Uh, gotcha. Emilio Estevez, Ali Sheedy, Ali Sheedy. So 
Um, most the of Red the Head. Breakfast Club. Yeah, yeah. Most Molly of, Ringwall. Pretty much the Breakfast Club plus a few others. Yeah. Molly Ringwall in it. Molly Ringwall. That's yeah. That's who I was trying yeah. to think of. Oh wow. Yeah. All right. Question two in movies. It only took seven years for the title of this 2000 movie about the Andrea Gale to be on the list of phrases that should be banned from the English language for overuse. Locked in. See, it's a 2000 movie, and I'm like, what? (laughs) How old were you in 2000? (laughs) (laughs) It's more how old were my kids. (laughs) And... Uh, my oldest would have been one, so I didn't see anything for like four years. Um, <laughs> it's a boat, right? No, um, overuse the title. Flabba Um, I almost wrote Flabba de Daba. You didn't know how to spell that. You were really close, though. Spelling doesn't matter, usually. Oh, I'm going to kick myself right in the... Bu- oh. Oh, okay. I think I got something. I'm writing it down. I'm locked in. Okay. <laughs> What'd you write down? Perfect Storm. Kels? He's correct. It's the perfect storm. It is a perfect, the perfect <laughs> storm. George Clooney, uh, Mark Wahlberg. I... F- I- well, those are the only people. two people I can remember in it. But <laughs> and that other like, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, Stevie. I don't know what his name is. What? <laughs> no, um, I, uh, yeah. I watched that movie once, and I remember the name of the boat because my sister's name is Andrea Gill. Oh wow! So, so did your sister get pickup lines like "You are the perfect storm"? I would hope around not. that time because that's probably what I would have done and oh, gotten no. slapped. <laughs> I think Kells would have to beat a sucker up if he heard that. <laughs> yeah, you're going to do yeah. something. Well, I think luckily I might have been the only person in Camden to watch The Perfect Storm that year. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it, I don't think it was talked about at school much. So question three in movies: You can't really have a movie storm weather question without talking about twister so do you guys remember the flying cow in twister remember the flying cow yes industrial light and magic who did all the special effects for that movie they they weren't really prepared for how much special effects were going to be in it in the movie they were running out of time so to save some time they copied and tweaked a zebra used in what movie released the previous year and turned the zebra into a cow. So what was the movie that they, that they borrowed that zebra from? I'm locked in. Also locked in. Devo? Uh, Jumanji. Kells? Jumanji. Correct answer is Jumanji. Ooh. <laughs> so flying through the air in, in where, wasn't it Kansas? Is... A zebra? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think they they reskinned it. They they it looks like a cow. But Fooled me. It was based Shit. on the model of a of a, of zebra. a zebra. Do you know? Just on a, a little bit of a tangent here, and we might do this on a uh, movie podcast. We're cooking in the old brain ladle stew. 
Do you know how many movies have seemingly been ruined by HD TVs? Ruined by HD ruined. TVs? Yeah. Like five? Like all of the movies. Like if you know, like oh. a, think of a heavily special affected <laughs> movie from back in the day. Like I was I was watching a video of uh, <laughs> Return of the Jedi. Yeah. And the speeder bikes flying through the forest moon of Endor. Oh, that's bad. Looks like hot trash. <laughs> hot trash. And when when uh, you first saw it, it was like the greatest thing ever. Well, I, well, I in, my def- it, in my defense, I didn't see it so much later. Right. But so your frame of reference is, oh, my gosh, these are quaint special effects. <laughs> yeah, pretty right? much. My yeah. frame of reference is this is the best thing I ever saw when I was a child. And now I'm looking at it like, God, this is awful. I don't have an HGTV. You don't what? What? You have a floor model TV like a Magnavox. I got this giant CRT. That's we're we're gonna get rid of it when we move. It probably weighs as much as your house. Oh, I can't. (laughs) I I I cannot lift it on my own. It's it's massive. It's like a it's like a forty something inch CRT. Good gravy. Wow. I bought it about 20 years ago. Still works great. <laughs> well, if you don't yeah, mind kind of the, the curved glass screen kind of thing. Yeah. And you could probably cook food near it if we're putting <laughs> off enough rads. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question four in movies. What made-for-TV movie series had sequels subtitled The Second One? Oh, hell No. The Fourth Awakens and Global Swarming. I'm locked in. <laughs> I'm locked in as well, and I might have a trivia nugget. Kels, what's your answer? I went with Sharknado. David? I went with Sharknado as well. It is Sharknado. A nadir of cinema, if there ever was one. <laughs> so, the nugget, I by, thought I saw the nadir. Making... Do you, by nadir, what? do you mean Apex? Uh, no, I mean Nadir. Huh. <laughs> yeah, we're talking. Yeah, Nadir. <laughs> so I think I saw an advertisement for another one of those abominations, called like Sharknado. Enough's enough, or that's it. You know, basically like okay, we're done. Sort of title. If you could, anybody could look that up and tweet it at us. We'd love to see it. But I believe it's like enough's enough. <laughs> yeah, they really could have done that after the first one or two. Oh my god. They're they, so... they should have did that in the production meeting for the first one. Like, yeah, come on now. This is too much. Alright, what's one of our scores after round five? Uh Deva with one oh six, Kelvin with eighty one. Round six. I was kind of racking my brain trying to figure out what other categories could I do for weather. And so I settled on another science round because we had so much fun with the first one. That was a laugh riot. (laughs) But there's a twist on this one. This is weather on other planets. Well, I got a shot. Yeah, I I do too. you, You guys are... Kind of underwhelming me with your enthusiasm. 
Oh, well, I got a shot. <laughs> I'm in it to win it. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> you got the touch. You got the power. <laughs> I'm ready, question, man. Question one in extraterrestrial weather. In 2012, the Mars Reconnaissance Orbiter detected dry ice snow falling on Mars. Dry ice is the solid form of what gas? Octane? I'm just going to take a stab at it, but I'm locked in. Devo? CO2? Mm. It's a lot better than what I wrote. I just went with nitrogen. It's carbon dioxide. Yay! Uh, real fast, uh, how much do you enjoy on a scale, on a, the, ex- the uh, enhanced Fujita scale, Neil? How much yeah. do you enjoy saying interplanetary weather? Um, I don't, I've never said that. I he said, said extraterrestrial, extraterrestrial weather. Ah, I wrote down interplanetary. So extraterrestrial weather. How yeah. much do you enjoy that? I like it. F1? No, I'd say F- F6. Wow, blowing the roof off of everything. I don't even know if that's on the scale. It is now. I was about to say, I thought it stopped at five. It is now. (laughs) I mean, just, I'll give you a hint. All all of these questions are in our solar system, but I could have actually done some that are extrasolar planets or exoplanets Mm because we know a little bit about some weather that's going on there. That's awesome. That is, that, you know, awesome. it's not necessarily my bag, my my cup of tea, but it's, I'll sample it. You know, I'll, I'll take a sip of it and say, huh, that's neat. Question two, in extraterrestrial weather. Venus is the planet that is most like the Earth in size, but its surface is pretty harsh. The atmospheric pressure is 92 times what ours is, and it's hot enough to melt lead. What gas makes up over 96% of the atmosphere of Venus? No. Yes. Yes. No. Yes. <laughs> locked in. I'm locked in. Dave. See, I don't remember what color. If we can know what color Venus is, I'm sure we do. I don't remember. So I was thinking, like maybe hydrogen, maybe something else, but I I settled with methane. Okay. I want hydrogen. If you knew a little bit about Venus, you would know that the reason it's so hot is because of runaway greenhouse effects that happened millions of years ago. And do you know what one of the gases that causes greenhouse effects on a planet? Uh, Carbon dioxide. Is the answer again carbon dioxide? It is. You sneaky devil. Well, <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's mostly carbon dioxide with a little bit of nitrogen. Really? Almost, almost wrote nitrogen again, but I would have been wrong. But I was thinking that closely. Yeah, nitrogen makes up at like three and a half percent of the atmosphere, and then the rest of it is a bunch of other stuff. There's probably not any water because it boiled off, and the hydrogen has been carried away by the solar winds. But no, we no pretty. Pretty well know what color Venus is, Dave. I don't. It's the, it's the brightest <laughs> planet on in the sky. I thought that was mer- what. Co- well, it looks like a star. So, <laughs> what color is what color is Venus? 
Yeah, we've actually had probes land on it and take I pictures know. of it. <laughs> we, yes, me, no. <laughs> what color is it? What color is it? Yeah. It's Venusian color. I, you know what? I'm asking sincerely, and you're treating me okay. Fine. What's question three? Well, no, I figured I figured this was like your your other your joke that you played earlier, and you, which you joke? actually knew the answer. And the time, which joke? The chode or the jode? <laughs> <laughs> no, I sincerely don't know. It, it's 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 pretty. It's very light colored. Okay. It's not like red like Mars or nah, no. It's, it's kind of like in the bluish family, isn't it? Like blue, white, kind of. Oh yeah, I don't know. For all of our it's, listeners that like science and know this sort of thing, tweet us at, at Ladlebraid because I'm a science nimrod, <laughs> and I used to know it. <laughs> Okay, you're going to get this one, though. If it's Question. carbon dioxide, I might quit. It is not <laughs> carbon. There, there are no more answers that are carbon dioxide in this quiz. Question three. What is the common name for the biggest planetary storm in our solar system? And for a bonus point, what planet is it on? I'm locked in. I'm locked in, too. Kels? I went with the big red spot. And it's on Jupiter. There you go. I wrote down the I, and it's on Jupiter, the big red I. But I just wrote down the I of Jupiter kind of thing. Hmm. The correct answer, the answer I have written down is the great red spot on Jupiter. I, let me see if the I is an actual synonym. If it's not, it should be, because it's the eye of Jupiter looking right at us. It's pretty sweet. I'm not seeing it called I anywhere. Well, I th it should be. <laughs> Get Neil deGrasse Tyson on the phone. Let's tweet at that guy. Why isn't it called the Eye of Jupiter? Because it sounds ominous and cool. And would get people like me interested in science. Oh, really? The, the young old age of... Of what now? Say it. I don't know. Well, I forgot, honestly. Yeah, there's so many of them. Uh, you whippersnapper. So all I'm seeing right now is an episode from the third season of Battlestar Galactica that was called The Eye of Jupiter. See? If it's on Battlestar Galactica, it's got to be cool. You don't even like that show. Stop it. I'm trying to help myself here. <laughs> and I do like that show. I just got tired of Starbuck. But that's another episode for another day of the sci-fi TV show we made. You. I don't know. You know what? I'll, I'll give it to you. What? Because, what? Well, oh, hang on. <laughs> Let me tell you my reasoning. I've been doing a little Googling here. I found uh, an article from CNBC, which says the title, the title is uh, NASA spacecraft to fly over, quote, eye of Jupiter for the first time in history. That means they uh -huh. weren't serious about it. <laughs> it wasn't a sardonic quotes like the eye of Jupiter. Oh, really? This looks like. Do you, know, were, do you know where their where their head was when they when they typed that up? I, I, I mm -hmm. suspect they were trying to trying to let you know that it wasn't a literal eye on a planet. <laughs> Devo. <laughs> well, I'm glad they cleared that up for me. 
So I'm going to give it to you because I knew I know what you were talking about. You did get the <laughs> the planet right. Yeah. There you go. Kells. More pity for the science inept. <laughs> so do you know how long the, the Great Red Spot has been observed? At least 20 minutes. <laughs> Close. No. no, many, many thousands of years. Well, no. Ten years. Well, I don't know. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> Clearly. 200 years. We, uh, officially, it's something like 188 years. We couldn't really see the eye without telescopes, Davo, so... I didn't know that. <laughs> when do you think telescopes were invented? You know... 1978. Ancient, <laughs> ancient Egyptians did not have Aliens. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, yeah. It's, it's, it was first observed uh, in 1830. There's some suggestion that it may have been observed earlier, but we can't be sure if it was that one or a different storm. And it, it was, is getting, it's getting smaller. Is it losing still, strength? Um, yeah, apparently. It's been going a long time. Yeah? Yeah. And it right now it's big enough to, the earth would easily fit right in the middle of it. It's about 1.3 times larger in diameter than the earth is. That's inconceivable. They might as well just say that's so, friggin' huge. But just, <laughs> yeah, you know? no, that's that's the official term. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> friggin' huge, friggin' huge. Question four: Saturn has a unique polar storm that was first discovered in 1981 by Voyager, but it's probably much older than that. What interesting shape is Saturn's North Pole storm? What interesting shape is Saturn's polar storm? Yeah, it's not just a circle. It's right. an actual shape. Well, a circle is an actual shape, but it's a regular shape. We don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. No. <laughs> I, we, we all know what we're talking about. Aliens. <laughs> I wrote an answer down, Neil. Uh, I wrote one down as well. I'm, I'm locked in. Dells, what did you write? I just went with triangular. There you go. See, I went with spherical. Like it's got dimensions, you know. You can't just see the top; it's a big, big ball hanging off there, like a pimple. You had the lance that thing. Yeah, that is that is so disturbing. And it's it's known as the pimple of Saturn. <laughs> they teach it in school now, so they do. It's it's really interesting if you look. Look at pictures of it. If you, if you Google the uh, Saturn storm, you'll see that it is a really clear hexagon. Wow. I almost that wrote is, that. Almost that's wrote cool. That. No, all joking aside, that sounds amazing. It's really neat. Okay, that brings us to the end of Science Mark II. You want to say and it again. Go ahead and say it. Extraterrestrial weather. <laughs> <laughs> that's so sweet. <laughs> Uh, before the final round, the scores are uh, Devo with 127 and Kells with 92. It's not exactly a runaway. I'm telling you, movies saved my bacon. The yeah, go ahead. Category, the category for the final question is song titles, and it's a lightning round. Ooh, okay. I'm going to give you... Some song titles, 
and you need to give me the name of the artist who popularized the song. I'm going to give you 10 song titles. You need to get at least seven of them correct to get full credit. Okay. And you'll read the question once? Yeah, I'll go through them and give you a couple of seconds to, to... You can either make a note of the answer or the title, and then I'll give you a minute or two at the end to to think about it. Do you have your wagers in? I yes. do. I'm locked in. Locked in. Okay, I'm going to give you... 10 song titles these are in chronological order and i've got i wanted to spread it out a little bit so i've got two from the 60s two from the 70s two from the 80s two from the 90s and two from the aughts or the noughties all of these every one of these songs was in the billboard top 100 um, only a couple of them didn't make it past halfway but they were all uh, reasonably popular in their day okay okay ready to go so i'm going to give you i'm going to give you the name of the song and the year just so that you don't because some of these songs were done by multiple people or other right. people have some song songs. Yeah. okay number one heat wave 1963 number two here comes the sun 1969 Number three, Have You Ever Seen the Rain, 1971? Number four, You're the Sunshine of My Life, 1973? Number five, It's Raining Men, 1982? Number six, Walking on Sunshine, 1983? Number seven, November Rain, 1991? Number eight, Only Happy When It Rains, 1996? Number nine, Umbrella, 2007. And number 10, Pocket Full of Sunshine, 2008. So I'll give you a minute or two to get your thoughts in order, and then we'll come back and score this up. I'll go through the questions again. You tell me your answers, and I'll tell you if you're right. Question one was Heat Wave. Deva? I punted on Heat Wave. Kells? I want Martha and the Vandellas. Martha and the Vandellas. So here's a little trivia nugget. I was really curious what the heck a Vandella was. <laughs> Do you know what a Vandella is, uh, Kells? Uh, I have no idea. Yeah, it's not actually a thing. It was a <laughs> mashup. I guess there's a street in Detroit called Van Dyke Street. So the van is from Van Dyke and... One of the, I think Martha's favorite singer was Della Reese. Oh. So they combined Van Dyke and Della Reese to get Vandellas. That's cool. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, question two, Here Comes the Sun. Devo? Beatles? Kells? Punted. That is the Beatles. Ah. Have you ever seen the rain? Devo? CCR? Kells? I went with uh, the who? Credence Clearwater Revival. You are the sunshine of my life. Kells? Stevie Wonder. Devo? Stevie Wonder. That is correct. It's Raining Men. Devo? The Weather Girls. Kells? The Weather Girls. You know that was written or co-written by Paul Schaefer. What, really? <laughs> yeah. Holy moly. 
they shopped it around to a lot of a lot of the you know the singers. He wrote it in like '79. It came out in '82 because he couldn't find anybody to record it. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> Walking on sunshine, Kels. Uh, this is a wild guess. Katrina and the waves. Deva. Not so wild. Katrina and the waves. <laughs> it is Katrina and the waves. November rain. Deva. Guns and roses. Kels. Guns and roses. Okay, that is correct. Only happy when it rains. Kels. Punt. Devo. Garbage. That is garbage. Number nine, Umbrella, Devo. Ella, Ella, Ella. <laughs> Rihanna. Kells. Rihanna. That is right. And Pocket Full of Sunshine, Devo. See, this one I just got stuck. Because I, I wrote down Beck, but it's not Beck. Because he has a lyric in one of his songs that's Pocket Full of Sunshine. Never mind. Beck. <laughs> Kells. Natasha Bedingfield. Oh, come on. Natasha Bedingfield. I didn't keep track, but I'm pretty sure you each got at least seven, right? Let me see. I got one. I got seven exactly. I got eight. So it comes down to wagers. What did you wager, Kells? (sighs) I wagered 73 points. Wow. Go big or go home. Or maybe go big and go home. I guess they're mutually (laughs) exclusive. Devo, what did you bet? 58 points. Which brings you to? 185. Kels. 165. Oh, Kels. You're killing me, man. Yeah. I did the crappy thing and bet exactly how much I needed to beat you by one. Yeah, I figured. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, wow. You assume that I'm a dastardly player? Yeah, because I know. (laughs) (laughs) It's not an assumption if you know it. Well, well played, Dave. Well, thank you. It was a, it was a good set of questions. I like the thank you, Finn, for some really good questions. Yeah, much appreciation, Finn. Finn didn't do the questions, just the topic. Well, we well, can I'm, 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 I'm responsible for all the pain I just put you through. Well, well see, you're cool too, Neil. <laughs> much like seeding the clouds to create a thunderstorm, Finn, drop that idea in your noggin. And you got this wonderful hailstorm of trivia pain. That was two science rounds in one show. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so thank you everybody for listening this week. Uh, we have a Twitter account that we like to check in on. It's at Ladle Brain. We have a Facebook page, Brain Ladle Productions. You can reach us by email, Davo at BrainLadle.com or Kells at brainladle.com or Neil at brainladle.com. We encourage any of you to send us questions, comments. If we get something wrong, let us know. Um, We will be starting a Patreon. We will have it ready to go. And we are very excited to see what, what happens with it. We appreciate all of our wonderful listeners. Uh, Lexi, we appreciate Liz, Especially all of our, our for you know, everybody's been there since the beginning. So from all of us here at Brain Ladle, this is Devo with Kells and 
I, I I wasn't sure if I was on your left this time since we're all kind of being virtual. <laughs> you're it's always, hard to it's hard to do clockwise. You're always on my left because you are such a sinister person. Ah. <laughs> anyway, I'm Neil. <laughs> <laughs> Signing off. The preceding podcast was presented by Brain Ladle Productions. All rights reserved.